Good evening. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Leila for establishing the basis for most of my speech. And I might be a little repetitive, so you have to forgive me if, if you hear the same things uh, from me as well. Uh, I will try to cover uh, two separate but uh, closely linked uh, aspects of, of Middle East and water. I will start with the GAP project, which I uh, led for uh, over a decade, spent probably six, seven minutes on it, and established the basis uh, so I can use it as a potential tool for cooperation in a conflicted region as opposed to a potential reason for uh, conflict or, or war according to certain scenarios. Uh, th this is the project area. Th this is a large area. Uh, it, it is equivalent in size and in population to many countries in the world. You, we have six and a half million people living in this area, and this this used to be one of the the least developed areas in in Turkey in old times. It is approximately ten percent of Turkey in uh, area and population terms. Gap was planned as a series of dams, irrigation structures, and power plants in. Uh, starting in the early years of the Republic, but mostly planned in mid-1970s and uh, construction taking place uh, starting in 1980s. The, the concept and the nature of the project changed substantially in time. Uh, while it was a basically an integrated water resources program in 1970s, uh, in 1980s, it started evolving itself, first evolved into an integrated regional development program, incorporating different sectors involved in development, and more recently into a sustainable human development program covering uh, aspects other than economic development, obviously human uh, aspects, social development, and environmental and cultural aspects. Some of the ballpark changes that the project will bring about in this region uh, is a 445% increase in gross regional product, a, a doubling of per capita income, and of course the two are substantially different because of the, the high rate of population increase in this area, and job opportunities for almost 4 million people. These are all respectable figures in themselves. The the financial aspect is, is obviously respectable also. It has a total cost figure of $32 billion, of which uh, 17 have already been invested. Its power revenues are, are substantial. In a given year, gap-related power plants produce uh, approximately a billion dollars worth of hydropower, hydroelectric power. The hydroelectric power benefits obviously go to the uh, national economy, although the, the individual benefits obviously are spread uh, throughout the region. The irrigation benefits uh, are
are are obviously very local and can be measured. And the, the Haran plane that Leila is, is very familiar is a good example and we have used it as a laboratory to monitor the changes. Uh, we, we have over 100,000 people living in this area and as a result of irrigation, uh, per capita farm incomes have more than tripled. And in, in many cases for farmers uh, producing towards the, uh, the upscale markets uh, have made substantially more than that. And on an overall basis, the, uh, the farm income in the, the, the plains in this area increased from a low 18 million US dollars prior to irrigation to over, a, over uh, an average of 150 million dollars uh, fluctuating based on the conjuncture. The project has changed uh, other sectors and the, the living standards of people in other areas. It has uh, encouraged private sector investments and in only three years time between 1995 and 1998, uh, the, the new business startups amounted to almost the, the same amount that was established in the Republican era. This is up to 2000. Of course, after 2000, uh, Turkey went into the financial and economic crisis that affected private sector investments in this area. But the large scale uh, investment mobilization and development efforts uh, have totally changed uh, this, this least developed area of the country in, in many, many indicators, ranging from water supply to electrification, village access, literacy rates, infant mortalities, and uh, landless population. Th this is interesting. Leila and I were discussing about this earlier today. Uh, this, this area is, ve is very highly tribal. Uh, it's the, the tribal structure has reflections on every aspect of life, including the land tenure. Approximately 40% uh, of people living off of the agricultural sector or in rural areas are landless. Uh, as a result of irrigation and in irrigated areas, this figure uh, moved down to 25%, which is almost equal to the same uh, figure, same ratio for the rest of the country, indicating a change towards a more equitable land tenure. Uh, let me spend a couple of minutes on the philosophy of GAP. As I indicated, we uh, transformed the project from an economic development project into a sustainable human development program covering social, environmental, and cultural aspects of development, uh, which has three pillars, if you will, uh, to sustainable development, public sector involvement, investments, private sector involvement, and people's participation, active particip participation as opposed to passive receivers of uh, a government investment package. And as such, we were able to establish partnerships and, uh, and coalitions in, in different aspects ranging from uh, municipalities, local governments to uh, farm groups, youth, women, uh, the landless uh, research, 
uh, institutes, NGOs, and professional societies. This is one of the, the better examples of uh, civil society involvement in, in regional development, not only in Turkey, but probably anywhere. Some of the projects, soft projects, if you will, uh, ranged from gender programs to participatory resettlement to rehabilitation of working children, income generation for uh, the less uh, advantaged strata of, of people, among others. And obviously there is a large number of environmental projects and activities, agricultural research and implementation. If I can change this. Uh, an exemplary uh, participatory resettlement project as a result of, of dams. Uh, and the rescue work for, uh, for the antique Roman uh, city of Zygma in 2000. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, having this as a basis, uh, I want to move to the, the Middle East or Euphrates-Tigris water issues and somewhat establish a bridge from, from what, what GAP is and what we have done in GAP to what could be done on a regional scale in a cooperative framework as opposed to using water resources development as a reason uh, for conflict. And obviously, GAP is, is, in my opinion, and of course I'm biased, a, a very good example of using natural resources to mobilize uh, social and economic development. But the Syria and Iraq and other countries in the region have their own programs. Uh, these programs are, are less limited in their technical scope and they are not integrated as GAP is. So there is, I, in my opinion, very good scope in, in using that as a potential example. Here I, I want to talk about five, uh, five basic uh, issues. The, the very <coughs> basics are on the Euphrates and Tigris system, the broader context, the broader than water meaning, uh, then sharing scenarios in terms of how a number of riparian states can share either water or its benefits or, or some sort of uh, output from water. Multi-level benefits coming from upstream storage, upstream development in a multi-riparian uh, setup and supporting processes that uh, would hopefully make a cooperation uh, potential realistic and uh, possible for the uh, medium term. This is the, uh, the Middle East, North Africa region. And obviously, as, as Leila indicated, Euphrates and Tigris is one of the major water, uh, watersheds in the world. Uh, the Nile is, is another one. Uh, the interesting thing, of course, is the fact that the Middle East has run out of water uh, in mid-1970s. There, there are two exceptions to this. One is the, uh, the quota of Sudan from the Nile and the Euphrates and Tigris. Euphrates and Tigris is, is not a huge, it is not a long river system. The Nile is the longest river in the world as, as uh, those of you uh, familiar with water resources would know. It's over 4,000 miles altogether. 
and it carries 84 billion cubic meters of water annually. Tigris and Euphrates is not as long as, as a combined system, but it has more water than all of the Nile. So th this is a respectable quantity of, of water, and the basic riparians, basic contributors to the river are, are these four states, Iran being a, a small uh, riparian contributor. What, what are some of the misconceptions? One is, is, is that the Euphrates and Tigris basin is, is closed or closing. There is no more water available in this system. There is no agreement between the riparian states, so everything is ad hoc and uh, unilateral, and there is no dialogue. Okay, as, as Leila indicated, in plants, the three riparians uh, want to use 149% of the available water. Uh, an impossibility, of course. Uh, Turkey plans to use 52% uh, on, on the Euphrates, contributing about 89%. Syria, one-third of it, contributing about 11%. And Iraq wants to use 65% basically contributing none to the Euphrates. Again, uh, th there is a big deficit here uh, with 149% use, but currently 20 million billion cubic meters of water flows into the Gulf unused because uh, these are, most of these are, are basically plans and projects that have not been implemented to full potential. So there is, there is a good flexibility here to maneuver. Uh, the same situation, 112% is, is the total combined amount that the, the three riparians plan to use from the Tigris, and that corresponds to a 6 billion cubic meters deficit, but currently, again, uh, approximately 30 billion cubic meters is, is available, flows into the Gulf because of the level of uh, development. So uh, in, in both rivers uh, and overall in the whole system, there is good flexibility. Uh, the, the riparians have been able to negotiate, to talk, establish dialogue, and come to agreements uh, somewhat, at least, uh, for certain projects or for interim time at different times. There is a joint technical committee that is inactive currently, but uh, this is a, a political mechanism that does exist if the riparians uh, opt to use it at a certain point. And as Leila indicated, there are two protocols existing for the Euphrates River uh, bilaterally. But no holistic framework and no, uh, no actually binding agreement. These are all protocols. These are not uh, conventions, international uh, agreements uh, ratified by the respective parliaments. And negotiations have started as early as mid-1960s. And there is an interesting overlap with the construction of dams, obviously, as, as you may see. I'm not going to go into the details, but uh, 
the, the riparian states have managed to, to somewhat work together within the lack of a comprehensive agreement and with a, a couple of uh, isolated incidences, no actual potential or risk of violent conflict has occurred in this river basin. The Joint Technical Commission that was established uh, in 1980 between Turkey and Iraq, then uh, joined by Syria, had 16 meetings in its uh, history up until 1992. The first Gulf War was basically an end to the joint meetings and it, it never convened afterward. And I have no knowledge that the, the riparian states are intending to, to revitalize it. But currently, uh, from a Turkish point of view, there is a release commitment of Turkey of 500 cubic meters per second. And in a typical year, the, the average downstream discharge is 800 cubic meters per second. So uh, there is a, a good uh, unused quota, if you will, uh, that Turkey has here. And of course, this is the, uh, the Iraqi-Syrian agreement that is a basically a a proportional uh, sharing of the river. The, the gap example uh, falls uh, as, as a potential model that, that could be utilized in this river system with some of, of its features, which, which I indicated earlier. But again, if, if I have to uh, repeat, uh, GAP is not a dam or, or water structures project. It's, it's a holistic social and uh, economic sustainable development program. And it, it is very much uh, in line with uh, international uh, thinking and contemporary standards. Uh, it, it is very much in line with the development, uh, the current sustainable development paradigm of the Johannesburg summit in 2002 of the United Nations, uh, a, a sustainable development should cover uh, five basic components, water, energy, health, agriculture, and biodiversity. And these are all uh, components within the GAP program. So if I can show you. That, that's a short uh, reference to GAP, which I will use later on. Uh, to support some of my uh, I ideas regarding cooperation here. For a multiple riparian setting, there are three basic scenarios of cooperation if the riparian states decide to, to cooperate. If they don't, of course, everybody can go unilateral and then we can all hope that a, a, a global optimal will come out of it, which is obviously impossible. But when, when they, or if they decide to talk, one option is, is sharing the water directly. So indicating how much water each, each one will take. Another option is sharing the benefits from, from water. In, in this option, you don't talk about water discharges, how much each party will take, but you, you talk about how much benefit each party will get from, say, power production, hydropower production, or from flood control benefits, irrigation benefits, etc. And a third option is regional development. 
region being the riparian multi-state area, which would include uh, water resources development as a subsection. So coming from uh, top to the bottom, complexity increases. Water sharing is the simplest one. You set the numbers, you can measure them, monitor them. It's, it's extremely easy to monitor and manage, but it's, it's extremely difficult to attain a, a comprehensive agreement among the riparians because you are looking at a zero-sum game. If, if I take more, you take less because no more water is being produced anywhere. Number two overcomes this a little bit because here you are looking at the benefits. So I might be taking a little less but might be taking probably more benefits from, say, hydropower production. So there is a, a flexibility there, give and take type uh, flexibility there. But still in the core there is the water because benefits will have to come from the water. So there is good flexibility but also the, the seeds for uh, disagreement. Regional development is, is the most complex one uh, but it is a win-win scenario. If everybody, in, especially in this basin, has a development need and there is no conflict or disagreement about the need or about the fact that they, they want to develop their natural resources, increase the productivity, etc. But this would be very difficult to formulate in terms of its implications on the discharge in the river system. Uh, going back to GAP, having a development project upstream in a river system would also have benefits for downstream users. So this, this is an alternative uh, perspective to uh, the, the potential impacts or adverse impacts of, of any development uh, to downstream users or downstream uh, inhabitants. But multi-level benefits include benefits, very direct benefits from storage. So if somebody is storing upstream, you are protected from floods and droughts, assuming that the system is managed uh, accordingly. Then there are direct benefits from uh, water-based development, indirect benefits, and transferable and replicable experience that might be implemented in a regional uh, context. I will talk a little bit more about the storage benefits and less about other benefits because this is, this is more direct and more quantifiable. Flood mitigation is a very direct benefit and uh, having a structure upstream benefits everyone downstream. Drought alleviation is, is another one. This region had two droughts in the past 15 years and as a result of the Turkish storage capability, the downstream countries, Iraq and Syria didn't uh, have the drought as bad as Turkey did. Uh, downstream savings from regulated flow is another benefit because the downstream structures would have to be smaller and uh, with, with less uh, regulating capability because it, it's done upstream. Increased groundwater levels, reduced sedimentation and siltation, reduced overall evaporation are among the other benefits. Here, there is an excellent opportunity uh, for regional cooperation, which is the revitalization of Mesopotamian marshlands that is going on in, in Iraq. Uh, Turkey was not 
the, the cause of, of this uh, devastation in the marshlands, but it can be a contributor to the revitalization of the marshlands by uh, providing the right amounts of discharge in the right uh, periods of time, assuming that the, the two countries, or ideally the three countries, can, can talk about it and come up with a joint plan. Uh, I will go ahead and skip uh, the, the other uh, benefits, indirect and development-related benefits, but let me spend a few minutes on the, the experience that GAP has produced as uh, for sustainable human development with a water resources development core, ranging from holistic, multi-sector, integrated development from planning to implementation. So there is very good expertise and experience there, multi-stakeholder dialogues in terms of development issues, the fact that gender issues could be integrated into uh, holistic development, improved governance, and programs for the underprivileged uh, sections of the society can all be contributing to a regional uh, larger scale development. In closing, I would like to stress the, some of the supporting processes uh, that could help uh, some of these suggestions or alternatives become reality in the medium term. One uh, is the, the existing developments in the region. The other is a modality that does exist between GAP and the Syrian Irrigation Ministry. And the third one is the new track to initiative, ETIC, that uh, I have been involved as a founding member. Uh, Turkey has been undergoing substantial drastic changes for at least half a decade, and many of these changes would support a, a regional uh, development initiative in the Euphrates and Tigris. The, in, in general, the harmonization with the European Union would help uh, with restructured uh, government sector, restructured economy, etc. Uh, civil society, media, grassroots initiatives have all been uh, developing and uh, supported uh, in Turkey, which would uh, potentially help uh, a regional development initiative. Strong business community is, is a big plus, potentially, uh, because any, any sort of interstate uh, cooperation could only benefit from uh, good business contacts and strong business communities. Uh, Turkey and Syria have been going through almost the best period of their relations, in spite of the fact that Syria has been uh, quite a bad guy, especially in this country lately. Uh, Turkish-Syrian relations are, are almost excellent uh, recently, which can, which can contribute to the success of a regional cooperation. Turkish markets are, are being sophisticated, so market mechanisms can play a role in, in making development uh, efforts more rational, more economically viable. And public opinion in Turkey has been uh, recently less patriotic. Turkey has been able to start talking about issues that were taboos uh, 10, 15 years ago. 
Turkish public opinion, like the Iraqi, Syrian, Iranian public opinions, have been has been overly patriotic uh, on international water issues uh, in the past. But with the changes uh, in, in the attitude of the Turkish society, uh, the Turkish people could be uh, potentially supportive of a, uh, a less attractive solution uh, for, uh, for regional cooperation uh, in, in terms of water. The, the Turkish uh, Gap Project and Syrian Ministry of Irrigation was able, were able to uh, strike a deal in 2001, and I was one of the, uh, the signatures of, of this protocol, uh, in, a, in a period when the relations were not excellent and there was a lot of friction over the water issues between the two countries, and still uh, I and my Syrian colleague were able to find a window of, of opportunity to collaborate isolating water and leaving it aside, uh, we were able to establish a, a framework of cooperation on agricultural technology, irrigation management, marketing, uh, joint research projects, etc. And this is a good example how, uh, how bureaucrats or government officials can be creative uh, within, even within tense frameworks. Last, the, the new track to initiative, ITIC, uh, Euphrates Tigris Initiative for Cooperation, can uh, find some success in terms of bringing together stakeholders, government officials, uh, policymakers, even decision makers uh, in a cooperative framework. It is different from uh, other track to initiatives for this river basin in, in a number of aspects. One is the fact that it is a riparian initiative. In the past, there were Swiss initiatives, German, French initiatives, which were regarded as external intervention by one or more of the riparians. This is a truly riparian initiative founded by colleagues from Turkey, Syria, and Iraq. It focuses on sustainable development, it doesn't focus on water, so we, we are not focusing on a divisive uh, natural resource. We provide a platform for dialogue and networking and not a template uh, for the tripartite cooperation, uh, helping the riparians to find, to look for joint solutions to common problems and uh, hopefully establish pilot projects that would show everyone the benefits of, of cooperation. Our first major activity is later this month in Delhi uh, during the World Water Congress taking place. Uh, we will have a high-level uh, officials meeting attended by the, uh, the uh, officials of Turkey, Syria, and Iraq. Uh, also by the, the water minister of Iraq, a vice minister from Syria, and an undersecretary from Turkey. So uh, we are very excited about the fact that our, our first activity is, is a substantial one. In, in January next year, we uh, plan to have a multi-stakeholder meeting attended by, again, the, the riparians, uh, the, the three countries. 
the following month in Jordan, we will have a meeting attended by the decision makers, high level government officials with some political uh, representation also. And in March 2006 in Mexico during the World Water Forum, we will have a special session and workshop uh, reporting on uh, these meetings, these dialogues, and the, the other ongoing processes that are happening uh, in, in the process. Uh, ETIC and UNESCO have recently decided to establish a partnership, so uh, the, the UN system is, is supporting through UNESCO. American Society of Civil Engineers and ETIC are working together to, uh, to mobilize the professional communities in the riparian states towards a collaborative framework. Uh, ETIC and uh, FAO of the United Nations are working on a joint project for uh, increasing productivity in Mesopotamia. Uh, Water Solidarity Fund and Global Environment uh, Fund are, are some of the existing uh, funds that, that we are now uh, planning to, to, to mobilize for some of our activities. So, uh, Middle East is a, in, in many areas, many sectors, is an explosive area, and water has been shown as a potential reason for, uh, for wars or, or conflicts. But governments and peoples in this area have managed to live through this without, uh, without fighting, without re reverting to, to, to conflict, with, with some isolated uh, incidents uh, between Israel and some of its neighbors in, in the uh, early parts of the past century. So there is, there is good reason to be optimistic and uh, definitely uh, this is a noble cause uh, to give a try. Thank you.